Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti. Uh, As you know, we've got our Biblical Worldview Institute coming up soon, November 1st and 2nd, and we're super excited about it. It's a great lineup of speakers. Uh, And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk to a few of those speakers and just kind of get to know them a little bit better. Uh, One of those today is Elisa Childers. Uh, Elisa, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm excited to come be with you guys. It's going to be fun. We're super excited to have you here. Uh, I've gotten to uh, read a couple of your things, your uh, book, Progressive Christianity, um, uh, dealt with uh, just kind of a a journey that you took, which I'm thinking about our conference and what we're dealing with, because we're talking about being anchored in the faith. Um, And uh, I'm I'm thinking this is a perfect fit, really, Mm. um, between uh, the conference and what we're dealing with and uh, what you're going to have to share with our our students, because it uh, would have been a great conference for you to have gone through uh, earlier in your life, uh, because we really do want to make sure that our kids um, are uh, anchored in the in the authentic faith, uh, the biblical uh, faith of uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and there's a lot of things out there that are just competing uh, with ideas uh, that are challenging our kids. So uh, we're really very excited uh, for you to be here. But I know you're going to share a little bit about a new book that you're coming out uh, mm-hmm. called, I think it's called Live No Lies. It's, or... it's called, I actually have it right here. It's called Live oh, Your Truth and Live Other Lies. And Other yes. Lies. It's fantastic. And Other Lies. That's the important part is That's the and the, other yeah. lies. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I just hear it, Live Your Truth, I'm thinking, what is she talking about to our yeah, kids? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's going so, to be really exciting. Yeah. I'm excited about this book. It's coming out on October 18th. And I think the reason I'm excited about it is, as you mentioned, my first book, Another Gospel, was sort of like a theological memoir. It was Mm -hmm. just my, it's the documenting of me walking through this really dark time of doubt after a progressive Christian pastor basically called into question all of the core, beautiful beliefs that I'd held about Jesus and God and and the Bible ever since I was a little child. And so Mm. it was really the first time I was, by this time I was married with a new baby. So, I mean, I wasn't very young, but it was really the first time in my life that I engaged with a lot of these questions on an intellectual level. Cause I just, in the eighties and nineties, there just wasn't a lot of focus on that in the environments that I grew up in, in the church. And so um, it really rattled me and it threw me into a dark night of the soul And thankfully, God led me out of that through the study of things like apologetics and theology and church history. And so what I love about Live Your Truth is that it sort of takes some of the slogans that we hear in Mm -hmm. culture and in progressive Christianity. And we it's all the the lies. We call them lies because they're really built on this whole live your truth concept that the culture has bought into. Right. Just the idea that truth is fluid, especially when it comes to morality and religion. And, you know, we're not going to tell other people that they're that what they believe about morality or religion is wrong, but we'll just live our truth and they can live their truth. Well, as we talk about in the book, that's just not how truth works. Truth truth doesn't work that way. Truth is true for everyone. It's not just true for one person. 
Uh, it's not just an opinion or a preference. It's grounded in uh, objective reality. It, it's truth is what lines up with reality. And so I think, honestly, I have kids that are in the Gen Z uh, generation. So I have a 14-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old son. And I think that the battle over what truth actually is, is probably the greatest thing they're facing. And it's expressing itself through so many different areas like gender and sexuality and things like that. But it's ultimately kind of based on this idea that you can just live your truth. And so that's why I'm really excited to come talk to the students about these things and try to kind of build that foundation, starting with objective truth and then walking through what the scripture says about who we are, what kind of a thing we are, where we're going, what's wrong with the world and and how's it going to get better. That's fantastic. I think one of the things that I've noticed with our students as well is even if they believe the truth themselves. And like you said, you know, they've been brought up in it. They've been brought up in a Christian home. They've been brought up at a, you know, a good church and maybe even a Christian school. Uh, what begins to happen is as they um, deal with other people who don't hold those same things, they don't want to um, place their truth on top of other people. They feel That's like, right. um, you know, it's like, oh, okay, so you, you've got to believe that. And I believe this, and that begins to divide um, in a sense, their mind that there might be, in a sense, two different truths or, or different ways to uh, live out the truth. And, and I love what you said: is that the truth is exclusive by definition. <laughs> yeah. If something's true, then then something else or an idea that competes with it would be false. And I think our kids struggle so much because they desperately don't want to tell somebody that they're wrong, and they've been brought up in that. Uh, culture where where that's the worst thing that you can do to somebody is to tell mm. them that they're wrong instead of my culture when I grew up is was one of the things that was taught to us right is if somebody's wrong you want to point that out because nobody in a sense nobody wants to be wrong right uh, you don't you don't want to be on the wrong side of truth so when somebody pointed that out to you you took it as a as a positive as something that was helpful but today that that's just the opposite in social media you know when people are so fearful of being um, you know, uh, labeled as something, you know, where you're, you know, you're racist or you're anti this or you're a bigot yeah. or you're whatever. Our kids are so afraid of, of doing that. So I'm really glad you're going to be able to address that particular concept for our kids and help them understand um, that standing on the truth, God's truth, right, is, is the proper place to be. So yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be good. Are you going to be able to share a little bit of your story with the students as well? Yes, I hope to start with that. So I, okay. what I love to do, one of my favorite things to do is to talk to students. And it's not something I get to do very often, but every time I do, it just, it fills my tank because they're so different than the adult audiences <laughs> that I speak to. Very and true. so I think, yeah, with the, with the younger ones, it's so important to start with story that kind of finds a point for them to relate with. So yes. like many of the students that I'll be talking to, I grew up in Christian home. I went to a Christian school from the time I was in preschool until I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. I was in uh, conservative Christian schools and I've had a lot of friends um, walk away from the faith, uh, you know, out of those environments. But ultimately, you know, sharing that common experience with them that, you know, I grew up the same in the same type of environment, you know, and I never thought that my faith could be rattled. I honestly didn't. I did not think that anything could ever have made me doubt what I believed about Jesus or the Bible or anything like that. I just thought that was impossible. And, it, it, you know, we've all heard kind of similar stories of a kid growing up in the Christian church and going off to college and having their faith rattled by an atheist philosophy professor or something like that. Mm -hmm. And 
it's sort of similar to what happened to me, only my experience happened many years later. I was a lot older than a college student. And I think the reason it was effective for me is because it wasn't an environment where I would have expected that skepticism to exist. So mm -hmm. this was a church, right? This was, it was out of the mouth of a pastor who I thought believed all the same things that I did. And then finding out um, in a, in a small group kind of study class that he had really moved into agnosticism. He had gone through deconstruction and was, was really tearing down the foundations of the Christian faith. And, um, and so I, I share that with students because I think that what I faced in that classroom is something that they're facing possibly even in a more intense way on social media, among their friend groups, just in the, in the regular media that they're consuming, the games, whatever it may be, it's something that they're facing at every turn. And so um, I, I try to find that connection point with the students there. And then I just share, I share what God really used to rebuild my faith and why, you know, like, like even writing the book, live your truth and other lies, just talking through some of the, like, let's rethink guys, like the way that culture is telling us to think about ourselves, you know, culture wants us to believe that we are perfect just as we are, that everything that, um, that we're going to find inside of our own hearts is, is beautiful and perfect and filled with goodness. And we just need to, to figure out what that is and mm. then live that out as our most, you know, true authentic selves. But really highlighting how the Bible has a very different story to tell us about who we are. You know, yes, God created us good. I mean, we were created in the image of God and uh, we have dignity and value and worth because of that. But then because of the fall, because of the introduction of sin into the world, we actually have to realign some of those things. And so that's where repentance comes in and following Christ and being sanctified and, and made more into the image of God every single day as believers. But ultimately, with young people, I love to communicate just how countercultural Christianity is right now. And just to pre be prepared for that. Like when you, when you get out into the world, of course, they probably already know this if they have social media, but the dominant worldview of culture is not what, what they're learning in, in their Christian school. Um, but this is why objective truth is so important because one of the characteristics of objective truth is that truth is true no matter how many people believe it or how many people deny it, it's independent of those things. It's independent of whether or not somebody believes it. So what we have to do and train ourselves to do is to investigate truth claims based on does this reflect reality, right? Is I want to line up my beliefs with what is real ultimately. And so I think it all starts with that foundation. Uh, I love it. And it sounds like a, um, a wonderful lineup. You're actually here in November uh, first on that uh, particular Tuesday. It's a Tuesday and Wednesday that we're going to be having this November 1st and 2nd. You're here on the Tuesday uh, and you'll be one of the lead speakers. I know uh, Sean McDowell is going to be here in the morning. Uh, then you followed by Scott Stripling. Dr. Uh, Scott Stripling is going to talk about the foundation for biblical authority and the authenticity of scripture. Um, you know, it's going to be uh, fun. Dr. Craig Evans, uh, Dr. Randy Gulizia from uh, Institute for Creation Research, and then uh, Alan Parr are going to be here on Wednesday. Uh, everybody's doing Tuesday afternoon breakout sessions, so I'm super excited about it. I do want to ask you about your book uh, in particular, um, both Another Gospel and Live Your Truth. Um, I know that they're, they would be great for parents, but um, we're going to have 7th through 12th graders at the, at the conference at BWI. Are either of those books um, written to that age group where a high school student could read them? 
Uh, so the books are not specifically written to young people, okay. but I wrote them in such a way that I wanted them to be really easy to understand. And so mm -hmm. both books are filled with storytelling. There's a lot of story. There's a lot of, there's even in the new one, there's a lot of humorous stories and, and things that would be absolutely like I shot for an eighth grade reading level when mm -hmm. I wrote these books, that was kind of, it's not, like I said, not directly written to eighth graders, but I tried to write it at an eighth grade level. So it's right. very, very lay level. This is something that I I would like my daughter at 14 could easily read any one of these. In fact, she read my first one. I didn't even know she read it, but she, she goes, Oh yeah, I read your book. And I was I like, wow. Book. Okay. She didn't get so, a signed copy or anything from I, I get No, I didn't even think it. I didn't think she'd be interested in it, but uh, yeah, but she read it. And um, so yeah, definitely, you know, older middle school up to high school, this would be easy. I mean, I'm just looking at the literature books my daughter's reading for school. Yes. It's they're yes. way easier than those. Way, so. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely not writing Shakespeare, so that's fantastic. That's awesome. Um, but <laughs> I would I would I would say that yeah, it, it would be great. Uh, I want our students not only to hear you, um, but I want them to take that conversation home. And so I'm going to suggest mm -hmm. I'll put in the show notes links to both of your books. I'm going to suggest that our parents. Um, get your books uh, and begin to have that conversation with their students uh, as they're getting ready for BWI. Because I, I want our kids walking in there, listening to you and being able to kind of digest all the different things that you're going to be able to share with them. So I really am uh, excited. Is there anything else that you would tell parents? Um, I Because I think um, just hearing your story, if a parent's hearing your story for the first time, there's probably a little bit of a gut check in saying, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, um, this could happen to my son or daughter, right? I've, yeah. I've raised them in the church. I've raised them in a Christian family. I've got them at a Christian school. And then something could come along and derail them. Um, is there anything that you would tell our parents uh, to help them understand not only how important it is to continue to do what they're doing and ground them in the truth, yeah. um, but anything that, that you would consider um, just kind of a piece of advice to them from a parent perspective? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just first of all, I'm right there in it with you all because I'm walking <laughs> through these things with my then, kids. Mm -hmm. And it is, I mean, it is is a very real battle of ideas yeah. out there. And it's really, so the, the approach that I always recommend to parents is one that my husband and I have taken. I mean, of course, realizing that my kids have, you know, they have their own will and their own mind. So they're not necessarily, I mean, there's no guarantees, right? That, right? that if we teach them all the right things that they're going to necessarily believe those things. But just a, maybe a couple pieces of, of advice that I would give that my husband and I adopted with our kids several years ago is, you know, there's different approaches we can take as parents. We can, we can really shelter or we mm -hmm. can, you know, expose. And so I think there's a healthy level of exposure, maybe age appropriate, depending on your kid's maturity to where you're going to expose them to bad ideas. And that sounds kind of scary. I think for a lot of parents, I know like right. it sounds counterintuitive, counterintuitive. to say, yep, I, was just I want to tell words. my kids like, some <laughs> bad ideas, right? right. Like right. we don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we know that especially with young people, the first person to introduce an idea to them really becomes the expert in their, right. in their mind. And so with, with both of our kids, we started talking about sexuality uh, age in an age appropriate level, um, just or really early on, um, I this so counterintuitive. I can't even tell you how counterintuitive this was. But when my daughter was eight, 
I actually introduced the concept of homosexuality to her because I wanted her to hear it from me first. And at that time, she hadn't heard of of that. And of course, now, if it were today, I would have to probably do it at younger than that. But um, in an age appropriate way, just saying, look, this thing is out there. Here's what it is. And here's what the Bible says. And just beginning at that point to to shape how they're going to think about these things. And what I think that has done, and I've seen this to be true in my own life, is that anytime there's something that has to do with gender or sexuality, my daughter will come to me and she'll, you know, Mm -hmm. tell me about something that happened at school and we'll talk it through together. And so I think that that was um, something that's borne a lot of fruit in our life is to, as counterintuitive as it is, you know, introduce some of these ideas. Even when I'm reading through the Bible with my kids, um, often if we come to a passage that's controversial or something that skeptics tend to uh, maybe, you know, charge God with being immoral or something like that, we'll just talk through that. I'll even say, hey, guys, now there are people out there that think that this verse makes God into some kind of a mean bully. And let's talk that through. Mm-hmm. And that way I'm letting them know that those ideas are out there so that the first time they hear of them isn't out of the mouth of the skeptic, because that's right. kind of what happened to me. I remember sitting in one of the first classes we had in this um, exclusive study group with this pastor. And he asked us, he said, you know, how many of you guys still believe Adam and Eve were real people? And I remember just looking down at the table and feeling really, honestly, I felt ashamed because I I had never heard a Christian who, who thought that. Um, I would have expected an atheist to say that. That probably wouldn't have rattled me because I just you know would expect atheists to not believe. But for a Christian to be saying, "Hey, I don't believe Adam and Eve were real people," um, it just it just threw me, and especially a pastor that I respected. And I remember thinking like. Why did I not know that this was a question Christians were asking? And so there was shame and there was just confusion and all these things. And so I know that if I would have had somebody introduce that to me much earlier, hey, there's there's Christians out there that say this and here's why we disagree with it. Here's what the Bible says. um, It probably wouldn't have rattled me. And so I think that, you know, being the first to introduce difficult concepts is important. Giving our kids space to think things through for themselves, which is tough, especially for me. I want to tell them what to think, (laughs) but letting them, you know, sort of come to things and um, giving them space to wrestle with those things is really important. And I think consistency and discipleship, too, for parents. Um, You know, we do devotions every morning as a family, but I find that it's the little moments throughout the day when I'm cooking or when I'm just loading the dishwasher that one of my kids will come in and start asking me questions. And sometimes it doesn't feel like a good time for me and I want to kind of shut it down. But it's those kind of casual moments when you're doing something else that some of the deepest conversations can happen. And just, you know, beginning those conversations early, I think is really important. And then I'll just, I'll just add one more thing for the parent you know, every time I say that, I always think there's probably somebody thinking, well, it's too late. My kids are teenagers. I didn't do that. I didn't start early. Um, It's never too late to do like a, a reset with your kids, you know, just bring them together and say, look, I've really blown it in this area but we're going to we're going to change some things and let them in that models repentance for them and it models that you're open minded that you're willing to change and um and then you just start fresh and try to have you know those conversations as best you can and navigate those things with your kids no matter how old they are but it's never too late and i think it's just it's it's an active discipleship that's 24/7 yeah that's that's a fantastic i think the other thing uh, that uh, parents need to share with their kids is that they have questions too, 
Uh, and yeah. they don't know they don't know everything. And so That's we're on right. this, we're on this journey together with them. And uh, and it's if our if our kids feel like you know that um, you know that they're asking questions and mom and dad know everything, it's like well you know sometimes they feel like they have to know everything too. But you know with our kids it was always kind of like hey we're we're always open to questions and whatever questions you guys are we we might not even know the answer to it but we're going to explore it together. So yeah. I love how I love That's how good. you um, helped our parents though with this idea that. Um, you know, even if you have older students, high school, college age, even beyond um, that, you know, you, you're still parenting, you're always going to be a parent. And so um, continuing to have those conversations is important. But I do love how you mentioned that a lot of these conversations, um, and maybe it's unfortunate, maybe it's not, it, it's just the reality of the culture that we live in. But a lot of these conversations really do need to start um, at a far younger age than probably our parents had them mm -hmm. uh, with us. And so we're talking about things. And unfortunately, Disney um, is mm -hmm. exposing our kids to a lot That's of different right. things, right? Anything, you know, uh, LGBTQ+, right? Soji, sexual orientation, gender identity. A lot of those things are just kind of woven into um, kind of the culture that our kids are growing up in. And so, uh, as you said, you know, the first one to introduce it, and maybe sometimes we're not the first one, but we lean to let our students know and our yeah. children know um, that we can talk about these things, that nothing's off the table for them to ask questions about, and that we're open to searching out these questions. So I'm thrilled for you to be here um, in less than a month. Uh, it's going to be fantastic to have you here. I'm excited about uh, just what you're going to be able to share with our students um, and our parents, because this is open to our parents in the community at large. And so, um, you know, this has been something that over the years, really mostly students, a lot of other Christian schools will send kids to it. Um, but not a lot of our parents in the community have come. And we've kind of put a big push on this year uh, to really kind of get um, college age students, uh, kids, you know, students in seminaries uh, and just our parents there as well. So hopefully our parents kind of take that challenge and say, hey, this is a person I want to come in here as well because you're given a lot of great information uh, to help raise our kids in the right way and keep them uh, on the right path. So, uh, Alisa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for uh, just the opportunity to share with us. I'll put the um, uh, the links to your books uh, in there. So thank you for taking the time to, uh, to share a little bit of your story uh, through the written word. I actually got to listen to your um, Another Gospel. Um, I downloaded the Audible on that and listened to it. So I feel like I know your voice really, really yeah. well now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, cause you, well, Because you read you. that. It was really good. Um, but uh, any you. last thoughts uh, or words to our parents before you, you're here in November 1st? Well, I'm just excited to be with you all. I love I love what you just said. And I just wanted to kind of swing back around to that and highlight that where you said it's kind of like going on a journey together. And I think a lot of parents are maybe scared to, to engage mm -hmm. with their kids because they think, well, what if I don't know the answer? But yeah. what an amazing way to model humility in front of your kid to say, you know, I don't know. And it also makes your kid feel pretty smart to think they thought that's of a right. question that mom yeah, doesn't know I'm, the answer to. <laughs> so, thing. yeah, you just, you know, you investigate <laughs> yep. together and you just yeah. you don't have to be a scholar. You just have to be curious. But, um, yeah, so excited to be with you all. I love what you guys are doing. It's just a phenomenal focus on worldview and you don't see that very often. Uh, and so I'm very excited to partner up with you guys and, and get to see you. That's awesome. We look forward to having you here. And we uh, we really do appreciate the work that you're doing. So thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on the journey.